Welcome to the first episode of Macabre for Mortals. I'm your host Claudia and this week we'll be taking a deep dive into a crime which I can say personally left a mark on myself and the community that I grew up in. Just to give you a bit of background on myself, I'm originally from Liverpool in the UK. However, I have been living in Brisbane, Australia for the last eight years. I am a mum and I do have several psychology degrees, which makes me feel like I have two bites of an apple since I do have the maternal and all the caring and emotion side from being that, being a mum and being someone who is always interested in her family life. But I do have the analytical point of view from those psychology degrees to point me into the right direction. This week, we will be looking into the tragic murders of Jacqueline and Sydney Blackwell. This murder happened in my hometown of Liverpool in 2004. And in fact, both Jacqueline and Sydney happened to live on the same street as me and my parents. However, this is a very long street, so it wasn't the case that they were our next door neighbours, but it was certainly a shock to have such a vicious crime on your front door. And when you're hearing things on the radio and you're hearing your street name and you're seeing things in the paper and it's a picture of your street, it's still very like looking into, I don't know, I suppose a snow globe where you can see everything going around it, but it's something really familiar in the middle. Jacqueline was a former antique dealer and Sydney was a retired accountant. They lived in a suburb of Liverpool called Melling, which is situated in the northern part of the city. Just to give you a little bit of background into the city where I grew up and also the city of these lovely couples, I'm just going to give you a few details. Liverpool is well known for the Beatles, their two premiership football teams and also for where the Titanic was registered. It is located in the northwest of England and is the only city outside of London with two cathedrals and the most historic listed buildings. Liverpool became a borough in 1207 and is rumoured to be named after the Liverweed, which was found in the pools of water which formed the Mersey River, which the city is now situated against. In 1880, it became a city and was a major port throughout the Industrial Revolution. Unfortunately, it was part of the slave trade which is something which is acknowledged in the museum of the people who are enslaved. As you can tell, I have a great love for the city I was brought up in, and I have a big love for the warm people who live there. Most will say people from Liverpool would give you the shirt off their back if they knew you were struggling. Unfortunately, in our case today, Jacqueline and Sydney did not find this warmness even in their own home. Brian Mark Blackwell was the only child of Jacqueline and Sydney. He was born in 1986 and attended a prestigious private school called Liverpool College. Just to explain how close I feel to this crime, I had two cousins who attended this school at the same time as Brian, also one of my best friends. Brian was finishing up at the school in June when he had finished taking his A-levels. 
for any non-English listeners, these are exams that we take before going to university at about the age of 17 and 18. Brian was an exemplary student who had a scholarship for his school and was planning to study medicine in the University of Nottingham in September 2004. He grew up a quiet, bookish boy with a passion for science, who his parents insisted was destined to be not just a doctor, but a surgeon. He had been an under-18 tennis champion in his local club. However, he had spun a Walter Mitty-type fantasy to his school friends, in which he claimed to be a tennis player about to hit the big time with a £70,000 sponsorship deal and a place in the French Open. During his final year in school, he began dating Amal Sabah, the 18-year-old daughter of a respected medical family. She had also applied to study medicine at the University of Nottingham. She, at the time, believed he was a professional tennis player with a sponsorship from Nike and that he had a £60,000 Mercedes and a £450,000 flat in the same complex where a footballer lived. When, in reality... He had applied for 13 credit cards using false information and using his father's name. In April 2004, he wrote Miss Sabah a cheque for £39,000 to be his manager, despite having only nine pence in his bank account. When this cheque consequently bounced, he cashed in a £9,000 bond that his parents had invested to pay for his university education but used this money to buy Miss Sabah a car. However, his parents were aware of his fraudulent behaviour, as in June 2004, Jacqueline contacted her local bank to warn them about Brian, as he had attempted to get a cash advance on an account claiming he was a famous tennis player earning £45,000. Yet, on July 2004, the 24th to be precise, Brian Blackwell used his father's credit cards to book flights from New York to Miami, Miami to San Francisco, and San Francisco to London. The following day, he once again used his father's card to book a first-class flight from Manchester to New York. On the evening of July 25th, 2004, Brian Blackwell murdered his parents. To Amal Sabah, on the 26th of July, sitting in the first-class lounge at Manchester Airport, she could not quite believe her good fortune. Ahead lay a luxurious weekend in the presidential suite of the Plaza Hotel in Manhattan with her glamorous new boyfriend, where he spent £3,900 on a three-night stay. The £30,000 trip came to a close, they would taste the high life in Miami, Barbados, and San Francisco. Yet, Brian Blackwell was living a lie. As the couple moved from one luxurious suite to another, the bodies of Brian Blackwell's elderly parents lay undisturbed in their £350,000 bungalow in the leafy village of Melling, Merseyside, the victim of their son's violent hand. The day before the young couple's departure, 
Brian Blackwell had been hanging pictures in his bedroom. When his parents, Sydney, 72, and his mother, Jacqueline, 61, returned from an evening meal. An argument broke out with his father and Brian beat him to death with the hammer. He then stabbed his mother between 20 and 30 times and left her body in the bath. Brian and Amal eventually returned home on the 12th of August and stayed with Amal's family after explaining that he was locked out of his house until his parents returned from Mallorca. A week later, he returned to his school, Liverpool College, to discover he had achieved A passes in maths, chemistry, biology, and Spanish A-levels. The results opened the door to study medicine at Nottingham University in October. It was a place that he would never fill. On Sunday, the 5th of September, the decomposed bodies of Mr. and Mrs. Blackwell were discovered after a neighbour called at their home and reported an unusual smell. When the police broke down the door, there was so much blood on the walls that at first they suspected that the couple had been shot. A few hours later, Brian Blackwell was arrested at his girlfriend's parents' home, where the police discovered the rubber grip of the hammer and the handle of the knife in his sports bag. In the village of Melling, where Blackwell had grown up, neighbours expressed shock at the macabre murder, but painted a picture of a young boy who had a strict upbringing and huge expectations heaped on his shoulders. However, it is in my opinion that we cannot place a blame on the parents for the behaviour of their adult child in this instance. During an interview, Blackwell claimed that he knew nothing of his parents' death and was on holiday when they were murdered. After two days of questioning, Blackwell's story began to change. He confessed to the murders and claimed that he had acted in self-defence. And according to Brian, he was holding a claw hammer for hanging a picture on the wall when his father stood up to him and hit him. Investigators had previously learned that Sydney had been struck on the back of the head while sitting down, which conflicts with Brian's claim of self-defence. Afterwards, according to Brian, his mother came in and he attacked her. Brian Blackwell was charged with murder and was due to stand trial. However, that charge was dropped after he pleaded guilty to the lesser charge of manslaughter on the ground of diminished responsibility after experts diagnosed him with narcissistic personality disorder. Narcissistic personality disorder is one of several types of personality disorders set out by the DSM-5. It is a medical condition in which people have an inflated self of their own importance, a deep need for excessive attention and admiration, troubled relationships, and a lack of empathy for others. 
but behind this mask of extreme confidence lies a fragile self-esteem that's vulnerable to the slightest criticism. Signs and symptoms of a narcissistic personality disorder and the severity of symptoms vary, but most of the ones that I feel fit Brian are that he has an exaggerated sense of self-importance. He exaggerated his achievements and talents. He was very preoccupied with the fantasies about success, power, brilliance, beauty, or just anything about surrounding his perfect mate. And the insistence on having the best of everything, for instance, the best car, office, or perhaps flat. Brian Blackwell was sentenced to life imprisonment on the 29th of June, 2005. This was the first case in an English court where narcissistic personality disorder had been found to be a defense to murder or manslaughter. Amal Sabah attended the sentencing. She declined to discuss the case, but released a statement describing her enormous shock at discovering what her former boyfriend had done. Brian Blackwell could theoretically be eligible for parole after serving just over five and a half years if a psychiatrist decided he was fit for release. But the sentencing judge stated that the present evidence suggests that conclusion is unlikely to ever be reached. Since being in jail, Brian has revealed that he wishes to study a law degree. In letters written from his cell to a female friend, he describes himself as a nice guy, claims he has found God, and says he is in the process of arranging to study for a degree with the University of London. He says, It is so tedious. It takes so long to get things done when you could only communicate by mail. I really want to study for a law degree, but I'm not sure if I could practice as a solicitor or whether I'd get employed. He adds, it's something I'd really like to do. You get a very different perception of crime when you've been to jail and it interests me a great deal. Blackwell also describes himself as pretty mild-mannered and not the slightest bit confrontational. He writes, I've never been in a fight before. I like to keep myself to myself in jail, but outside I like to socialize and I was always up for a laugh. His letters, written in neat handwriting, do not appear to show any remorse. In my opinion, just the sorrow that he was caught. He writes, Time drags on. I feel so isolated at times. I've been spending a lot of time with the chaplains. They've been great under helping me to deal with my grief and my issues surrounding my childhood. It's tough at times and I have become overwhelmed with emotion. It's taken a year of therapy to say that I am angry at my mother for how she treated me and how she ran my dad into the ground. 
it's sad that things in our family got so bad that his, this happened. Blackwell also brags his cell is bigger than my old bedroom and it has an ensuite toilet and sink. If anything, remarks like this just cement his narcissistic personality disorder, which makes him obsessed with the fantasies of unlimited success, power and brilliance. Brian Blackwell had a very Ted Bundy-esque aura about him. He was a good-looking, well-educated boy who had the world at his feet. But because he could not have everything without working hard for it, he chose the way of anger and murder. Brian still sits in jail to this day. I hope for the sake of other innocent people who could be conned by his lies, that he is not released on parole anytime soon. This crime shook my city of Liverpool. Most people had some sort of connection to the family, whether it be in the suburb, school, or the tennis club. Brian's name may have faded into the back of people's memories, but everyone knows the story of the schoolboy who killed his parents for a credit card. So I'd just like to acknowledge my sources for today. My sources for a lot of the background, the details of the actual murder itself and some of the comments from Brian's notes have all come from either Murderpedia, articles from the Times newspaper, the Guardian newspaper, BBC News and a newspaper which is actually from the local area called the Daily Post Liverpool. I also just wanted to note that anything about the city was very much anecdotal from my part of things, from knowing where things are in situation to the place where I grew up in. Just thank you for listening to the first episode of Macabre for Mortals. If you like this podcast, please subscribe for more content. Please join our Facebook group. It's under Macabre for Mortals podcast. Or if you have any stories that you would like me to cover, then please email them to macabre for mortals, all one word, at gmail.com. Next week, I will be covering some paranormal stories from Liverpool. See you next time. <laughs>